Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This edition of How to Be a CEO is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. You know, we do do quite a lot of drama on how to be a CEO. It's a roller coaster life being an entrepreneur, but there is another side to it. Like being able to build your own 850-acre estate in the Cotswolds. I wanted a life for my children outside of London, and I, but I had a job in London, and I had a necessity to be in London. So I created this idea of finding a site that was close enough to London that people could get there on a Friday night and back on a Sunday. And you got a huge, as much of a sense as you possibly can of living in the country. John Hitchcock is the founder and chairman of You, a global real estate and development company and the world's largest non-hotel residential brand. We're going to be hanging out at their Lakes Estate about 90 minutes from London. It's a very peaceful place where residents can retreat to their timber and glass second homes with interiors by people like Kelly Hoppen and Jay Jagger. Or you could just sit by the water and watch the wild go by. But in John's world, there's an awful lot to see like the £1.3 billion regeneration of Olympia in London. And I've been involved in the rejuvenation of many parts of London over, over and many parts of other cities around the world over the last 40 years. You know, we, we had this great renaissance through that period of the 90, early 90s, and I feel like we're at the beginning of another one of those. I'm David Marsden from The Evening Standard. We're also going to be talking about how to survive a financial crisis, and John has seen a few. But the lakes is such a very nice place. Let's take a look around. We've got a beautiful, beautiful autumnal day. It is absolutely beautiful here. You've got all the yellow and brown leaves coming down right next to the fishing lake here. What, what fish are in there? This is all stocked with trout and We've got and, um, there's a we've got a lot of pike. And on the the banks there are these some of the apartments, the houses. These are all the houses. All the houses sit over the the water side. So you've got this sort of high level of tranquility, and they all look out across these lakes. We have eleven huge lakes, and the biggest one's about two hundred and eighty acres. So we're here at the lake, sitting by the lake, with all of these lovely homes effectively right in front of us here this didn't exist 20 years ago did it? no it didn't it didn't i mean it was a fabulous it was a really interesting evolution this because it was inspired out of uh, out of need which is actually i mean if we're talking about entrepreneurship and ceo-ness and all of these sorts of things you know, I'm, I think similar to so many, I kind of had a huge fascination with wanting to 
do business, I think, as a kid and read lots and lots of autobiographies. In fact, my two big educational moments were being a paper boy and reading every single paper that was sat in front of me from... I, I, my paper round started in, in, in the village and went through a council estate, then progressed from the council estate to the sort of Guardian readers, to the Observer readers, and then all the way out to the Times and Telegraph readers. So, so during the week, I got a full spectrum of everything from the red tops to the broadsheets. And, and then, you know, later in life, everything I do and have done has been inspired by things that I need and want. And this was one of those. So... Right, we're back in the car, we open the gate, <laughs> we're on the meadow. Essentially, this is a brownfield site, you know, we were, we were bringing a, a, a gravel pit back to use. And we've been very flattered um, by the fact that it's now been designated a site of special scientific interest, which is probably one of the highest sort of environmental accolades you can have. Yeah, I mean, was that a goal at the no, time? Did you go, did you, no, you no, we're going to no, make something far, so nice the animals come back? Yes, no, we've spent a huge amount of time on the whole biodiversity and the whole... I mean, we've got more... There's, there's more animal and plant species here than there ever were before when it was a bunch of farmers' fields. Um, and we've got... We've got lot I mean the, the bat species is extraordinary the we've got monjacks we've got we, we have a whole farm I wanted a life for my children outside of London and I, but I had a job in London and I had a necessity to be in London so I, I tried the the moving out to um, to the country but you know where you find yourself sort of isolated in a way without you know much of a social environment and also slightly you know slightly at a limb because you don't have that much in common with all the people that are local that you do meet and you, you know, tended to meet back in those days you met them in the pub so I created this idea of finding a site that was uh, close enough to, to London that people could could get there on a Friday night and back on a Sunday and then build a number of homes that you could come down here for the weekends it was lock up and go it was very easy and there was a lot of activities and you got a, a huge as much of a sense as you possibly can of living in the country and now we're going through we're going through to the bird hide now which we use as a, a kids club um, which is all part of the sort of kids entertainment it's lovely because I mean we it, it's not, there's a lot of activities that go on, but because the site's so uh, so large, you're not feeling like there's lots and lots of people um, here. But we're we're here on half term and we're packed. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 but it's got that kind of rural feel to it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that's I mean, it's very, it's, I mean, it's super super satisfying for me. It's super satisfying because it's been. March 1999 I first came down here so we're what 24 years away 24 years of, of, of work and to see it so active now and and all having having come together it was uh, it's it's quite different from uh, from from everything else. I didn't realize it was going to quite be on this scale no, I was going to ask. I mean, this was a gravel pit. But when you came to this site, did you go, oh, I can see lakes here and buildings here and, and a beehive over here? Yes. 
and 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 somehow you don't really i mean if i if you describe this as a gravel pit and if i told you it's a gravel pit now it certainly doesn't look like one so it's quite difficult because you could either describe it as being you know the the lakes which is which is what it is i mean it's 11 huge lakes and 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 it's you know covered in in in, in you know in fertile ground with, with trees and and everything now so you would never you'd never recognize it but yeah that was the vision and that was the and that was the need and and and, and people when i when when i talked to people about this idea they all thought i was bonkers and then a couple of my friends got it and then it was so then the thing started to started to roll um and then we built four houses and we launched in 2006 2007 which of course was super hairy because we launched straight into we all learned we all learned the name Lehman Banks then, didn't we? Which was <laughs> and that was when banks were going bust. You know, we, there was a, there was the good bank and bad bank, and we were we we're actually a victim of that. And we ended up taking this site over and having to run it all from cash um, for many many years. Really, that's extraordinary. Because oh, yes, one of our bank uh, 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 we we banked this originally with Anglo Irish Bank, and they went bust on us. Yeah. So we had to actually finance them out, which is extraordinary. Because you know, in, in, to to think in your career that you know, I've been through six or six recessions now in my life. But what was interesting here about this project is that it, it was the ability to identify other people that had exactly the same kind of idea as I did that wanted to come down here, and you can see them all today. There are you know, there's 160 families here now that want an environment for their kids that is has the same has the same need as I as I did. Through that 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 very difficult time in 2006, 2007, 2008, you know, those people still had the same needs, so we actually had some momentum through you know through these difficult times. So here we're arriving at we're just uh, over here on the left we have a sort of mo trials motorbike track which is through which is through there uh, which is for the older crew. And then we have, here we have an arboretum which we planted. It's actually my wife and my wedding where all our friends gave us a tree. And here you can see 294 trees which show how long I've been married. Because <laughs> that one in front of us, that one in front of us, it must be at least 25, 30 feet tall. We're just passing a Yoshitomo Nara dog called your dog which is part of our sculpture park, which is, uh, Nara's a very big Japanese artist. This is a, a giant white, I guess it's kind of like a Snoopy-like type oh, of wait, dog. Wait, 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 yeah, <laughs> big question, how do you survive a recession? Um, I think you've got to, really, you've got to maintain cash flow. I mean, cash flow's got to be the big thing to focus on, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, the crystal ball is very, very hazy at the moment. And I think if you go back to very basic economics, you know, when you start printing money, you will get inflation. And if you get inflation in order to control inflation, you will have to put interest rates up. If you've printed lots of money and borrowed lots of money that you'll pay back as inflation grows, the banks will have to pay back less or the country will have to pay back less to the banks. So that's a good bit of news in a way, but we're, we're midway through that period of time. I think um, to some extent there's a lot of press fear that's going on at the moment. I think we're at the, the back end of the supply chain issue, which is where during the pandemic so many people went home to wherever they lived 
the UK suffered more than most because of Brexit. We, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd actually asked everybody that had come from another country to go home and not come back. So we're probably experiencing a, a, a worse side of this than most, the rest of the world. But the supply chain issues will come back, and I think that's. I think we're in the next year or two. That will ease a lot. I think there's a little bit of an upside to what's happening immediately now, which is that all of this political fiasco that we're going through is probably frightened everyone from you know everyone at home who was worried about their mortgage, everyone who runs a business who's borrowing money and who's worrying about you know, where their next trade's going to come from. And that, to a certain extent, will actually compress the recession, I think, um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's accelerated it. And so I think we're going to come through it quicker, which is, in a, in a way, an advantage, but a big disadvantage to those that are, you know, really suffering in, 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 this, in, in this part and, and have also been suffering from, from the the back end of the pandemic. Well, yeah, of course, coming off the pandemic. I mean, I can think of worse places to, to be in lockdown than here. Were, were you here at the time? We were, we, were, we were packed in lockdown. Yeah, it was very, it was, uh, we were, I mean, it was, it, we became something of a fantastic retreat. Um, you know, we, there was, uh, uh, yeah, the, we, I think we had 120 of the 160 houses were occupied. The rental program which we run here was full, and today it's, it's it's still doing very very well. But we've got other businesses within our portfolio that did that didn't that didn't have suffer, or should I say, didn't have such a fortuitous time during lockdown. Over there we have a, a farm. We have pigs and sheep and goats, and then we have vegetables and chickens, and uh, we put the eggs and all of the vegetables and all of the product at the front gate. It's funny, during lockdown, there was literally, the, the, the eggs arrived at midday at the gate and, and there was a queue of people standing waiting for the, I think, I think we produce about 60 to 80 eggs a day. And uh, all of the owners were there sitting waiting for their, waiting for their eggs. And do, we do the same with the vegetables as well. But here we go, we're driving past the tennis courts. You could play tennis, you could lock yourself in your house, write your book, have a dreamy view across these beautiful lakes. Um, let your kids out into a sort of very safe environment and they would be, you know, they'd have a great opportunity to learn about the country and just play and just, just generally have fun. Right, I'm going for a stroll. While I wander, why not hit the follow button on your podcast provider so you never miss an episode of How to Be a CEO. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Here's some ads to keep you company. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I wasn't going to use this as the hook to, to talk about your new Olympia project, but but obviously, what is it with you launching projects during times of financial turmoil? <laughs> why, why, why are you choosing now? <laughs> I... I, I... <laughs> I'd beg to say that's a a, a coincidence and perhaps a a misunderstanding because um, our U business, which is in 46 countries, we're launching two or three or four projects a year. So so there is a continuity to the launch of projects. And obviously, when you do do that kind of volume, you're going to launch some of them into a poor market. And secondly, I'd say that, uh, I mean, Olympia has been an extraordinary story and, and is likely because of the scale of it, to um, run through the complete economic cycle once or twice. And it has done throughout its life. When we, when we acquired the site about four years ago, we, we really looked at it as being, let's embrace all that the UK, but all that, all that Olympia has to offer the world, and let's try to embellish that. Um, rather than flatten the site and create a kind of housing development, which was, you know, I think in the way that people had looked at Earl's Court, we looked at this in a different way, which is let's try and embrace this. And we went out and, and, and communicated. We had 63 days of public consultation with everyone from the leaders of the country to the leaders of, the, of, of, of London through to the, our next-door neighbours. We consulted with them all, and our, and our pitch, our, our vision was let's let's... Let's really make events, entertainment, um, the theme behind this, and bring culture and as much as we can to the site. And we've now we're now we've signed up with two hotels. One's with a Hyatt hotel. One's with Citizen M. These will allow people to stay there. We've signed with, uh, as you probably know, uh, Weatherby Performing Arts School, which is a, a sort of merger that an idea that I that I really had, which was to bring the Brits School together with a with a private school to create. The fame and uh, of, at school, and that, so we're delighted to do that. We've got a no, we've, we're building a, a new theatre, which Trafalgar Entertainment will be running. We're building a new music venue for four and a half thousand, five thousand capacity, which AEG will be running. AEG is one of the big players in the world. They run the O2, um, and we're and we're now bringing forward a, a, a large number of restaurants, so we'll be able to feed everybody that comes to the site, and we will ultimately have about. 10 million visitors a year. You know, we're very lucky because we're London is the most extraordinary city in the world and we're in the we're in the center of that. I do feel if there was one consequence of of the pandemic and lockdown it's when things opened up again yeah. and people really appreciated live events again, didn't yeah. they? They, they yeah. wanted to go out, they wanted to go out and see things, meet people, go to restaurants, that kind of thing. Yeah. Have you felt that? I mean, it's been interesting because we were talking earlier and I listened to your lovely show with Des Gunnar yesterday. You know, we were involved in the early renaissance of the restaurant industry when we built Mezzo, which I think was the largest restaurant in London at the time in Soho. I mean, Soho was dead before then. And I've been involved in the rejuvenation of many parts of London over, and many parts of other cities around the world over the last 40 years. You know, we, we had this great renaissance through that period of the 90, early 90s 
of the restaurant culture. Yeah. And I feel like we're at the beginning of another one of those. And, 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 and it's horrible to say that the, 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 the causes of these, the causes of these, unfortunately, is the kind of pressure that, in this particular case, that the pandemic's caused on the hospitality, the events and entertainment industry. And, and as you say, the byproduct of that is the frustration of the of the visitors because they can't go out. And so the moment they can go out, they all want to go out to restaurants. They all want to go out to shows. I mean, you know, I've got, you know, Simon Le Bon, who's just, just buying here. He's, he's a great friend. He's just been on tour. And they're, they're, they're having massive tours around the world because everyone wants to go out and, 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 um, and, 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 and do and see and be with people and have this sort of, you know, this, this human connection again. And I think we're at the beginning of a new restaurant renaissance, you know, we, and, and, and in London. And the thing about London in particular, you know, in London there's three or four hundred shows a night. There's no other city in the world that has that kind of volume. And and, and and when you go out, you know, generally when you go out, you go out to eat, you go out to, you know, you go out to participate in that urban city living. And uh, and it feels to me like, you know, that's back. You know, and that's back. And, that's, and I think we will have that. And, you know, through all of the blur of the politics and the economics and all of this, you know, we're very lucky because we have a city in London which is has got a momentum and soul of its own that's been going on for centuries and and then that that's a juggernaut that you can't term with idle economics <laughs> i don't know sorry idle's not the right word i was going for a word but without trying to be too controversial <laughs> i do one of them i mean you created the lakes for your kids effectively it became a bit bigger than that i know that you we spoke earlier about your love of music and of yeah. live performance is what you're doing with olympia part of that as well wanting to get in and, and be behind that live scene as well as being someone who goes to it. i'm trying i'm trying to work that out myself is the answer to is the answer to that question uh, it's quite interesting yeah, because i was you know, I was one of my mother. My mother. My father was an architect, and my mother was a. I, I think her parents wanted her to be a musician, and she was quite talented, but didn't. She ended up becoming a physician, and but she really wanted one of her five children to be a, a musician. And I was number two, so I got pushed to play the violin, the piano, the clarinet. And I was basically not very good at any of them. Not, I say not very. I, I, but and so there used to be. It's a little bit like the DJ today. It used to be if you weren't very good at musical instruments, make him the conductor. <laughs> so, so, so I got pushed off to learn how to be a conductor, which is quite interesting because now I feel a little bit like I am the conductor. But I, don't, I conduct a different orchestra. You know, I conduct an orchestra of businesses and. Um, uh, but along the way, what it did was it, it allowed me, in a way, and then I went to a Steiner school as well, which was a sort of, you know, it's a very soft educational system where you do get lots of arts, theatre and music, etc. And, and probably, you know, I wanted, to be a, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, so I probably would have been an accountant or something if I'd been to another school. But the, the, the upshot of the, all this was that I communicate with musicians and I communicate with artists and I want to be a musician. So my role seems to have been in life to manage their world. And 
No, did it excite me to get involved in Olympia and does it excite me to get involved in all of these activities? Yeah, absolutely. And does my friendship group be, are being successful musicians? Absolutely. I love it. And and uh, and, I, and so so the answer to that has been slightly, you know, um, uh, evolutionary in a way. It just it's been those are the guys that I've been hanging out with. That's the guys that you know Big, but to become a conductor, I spent a lot of time sitting in the pits next to a conductor, turning pages. <laughs> and it's and it was quite a practical. It was quite a practical sort of skill set. I mean, I hated it. By the time I was seventeen, eighteen, that was it. I wasn't doing that. And that, and and uh, and uh, oh, no, I didn't hate it. No, it. It was it was not something that I was. Um, you know, it was not something that I, I pursued particularly. But it was interesting how it's manifested itself subconsciously in my life. Yeah. I, I guess with all that being said, I kind of have to ask the question, have you and Simon Le Bon ever been to the karaoke together? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots. Of, oh, no, we, yeah, we played. I mean, he he thinks I can't count, which is absolutely right. Back to my original, original, original thing. Yeah, absolutely. We played lots together. <laughs> yes. Over the years, I've been very lucky to play with some great musicians and, and love, love all that. I think that's partly because it's a friend of mine said that y you, uh, you know, th these musicians would love to be you know, real estate developers or, or something else. And, and these real estate developers would love to be musicians and so they get pushed together. <laughs> That was John Hitchcocks from you. For more news, interviews and the best analysis, head to standard.co.uk forward slash business or pick up the Evening Standard newspaper. How to be a CEO drops first thing every Monday morning. I'd love to see you again then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 